Hello and welcome to Surrendering Average. I'm your host, Joel Mahe. Today's episode is titled, Why We Tend to Focus on What We Don't Have. And again, I use a personal example of how I sometimes get caught up in focusing what on what I don't have rather than all the amazing things in my life, in particular, my relationship. This episode is broken down into three different sections. The first one being your life is controlled by what you focus on. The second part is all about gratitude. And the third part is how negativity bias might be pulling your focus away from what is important to you. So please focus in and be present as you begin to surrender your average life. Hello everybody, and I hope you're all having an awesome day today. I welcome you to the show. Uh, Just take a minute to acknowledge yourself for showing up today, to listening to something that can potentially better your life, uh, hopefully improve aspects of your life. I frequently talk about things that I struggle with, that I work through, probably that a lot of people also encounter and come upon. So I hope that sharing my message, sharing my learnings, my teachings, everything will hopefully bring some sort of value to you. So today I want to focus on why we tend to focus on what we don't have. And I really caught myself doing this in the last week, more or less, uh, pretty aggressively. And I want to start with a quote by the man, the legend, Tony Robbins. And he says, your life is controlled by what you focus on. So that's a powerful statement. And recently, my life has felt like I've been a little bit more busy than usual. My focus has been pulled in many different directions. There's been a real estate deal in Canmore that I'm working on and making calls and trying to do my due diligence. And it's a lot more complicated than just doing a deal in Edmonton. So that's really been pulling my attention and focus as well as cryptocurrency investing. There's a lot of opportunity right now. And I find my energy and focus getting drawn to that very frequently in my spare time. I'm checking prices. I'm I have all my price points at what I'm trying to sell and I have quite a few holdings. So there's a lot of juggling and a lot of strategizing that I just do internally and with myself in regards to that, as well as the coaching aspect. I'm coaching clients. I'm still trying to study and learn on that matter as much as I can, Uh, all on top of my full-time job, my exercising and staying fit, cooking healthy meals, um, maintaining a relationship, uh, getting the proper sleep. So there's there's a lot of things to fit in to a tight time frame. And I feel like my focus sometimes gets pulled away from what's truly important to me. And in doing this and kind of spreading my energy and focus everywhere, I have the tendency to focus more on what I don't have rather than what I do have, especially when I am busy when I have a lot on the go and don't have much time to slow down and reflect and check in. And I started to see some of these negative impacts that were, that were manifesting because of this, because I was putting focus um, on other areas of my, of my life and wasn't really focusing on some of my foundational important aspects, such as my relationship. And 
you know, <laughs> I tend to have the frequency and tendency to overlook my relationship sometimes. And when I actually did take time to reflect and when I was being brutally honest with myself to try and understand the reason for this, I came up with the following reasons. So I feel that sometimes I tend to focus on what I don't have instead of the good and what I do have because I'm going to directly relate this to my relationship just for the purpose and sake of this podcast and probably um, for the struggles and troubles that people have out there, especially males. You know, we tend to gravitate on future orientation, trying to strive and achieve goals. And sometimes we're not checking into the things that are amazing in our life. So when I did check in and when I was brutally honest with myself, I, I found that, you know, these were the reasons why I might be doing this. And it was kind of all happening at a subconscious level without me necessarily being aware of it. But I feel like these four things were kind of impacting the way my focus was being um, implemented. So I, I felt like, well, I already have a relationship, but I don't have the others. The others seem more desirable to my subconscious because I don't have them yet. There's that curiosity, that intrigue, that not knowing. So I want to uncover and discover that, um, which makes it a bit more intriguing and exciting for my subconscious. But that doesn't mean it's more important or that doesn't mean it's more aligned or congruent to what my values and my foundation are. Um, I would revert to a false or limiting belief that because we love each other um, and we have a solid foundation that things are fine and I don't need to put my focus on it as much as I do these other things right now. That's a false and limiting belief. Just because you have something great doesn't mean it's going to sustain being great. It needs to be continued, continually worked on to remain and evolve into something great. I, I was also making assumptions that uh, she'll understand uh, you know, she knows that I have to put in this grind and I have to put in this effort for these other things right now. She'll understand. And just making that underlying assumption without actually checking into that or even communicating that when in reality, once we did communicate, she was feeling not as important as all these other aspects, which in, in the reality of things isn't true at all. Of course, she's more important than all these other things, but because where I'm putting my focus and attention on the things that I don't have it's making the, the illusion that those are more important than the others. And also, there isn't as much urgency. I felt like there wasn't as much urgency to maintain what I already had being a relationship in comparison to trying to achieve what we don't have. So I feel like these were traps that I fell into and probably traps that a lot of people will fall into themselves. So that's why I'm openly, vulnerably sharing these, <laughs> these insights that I came up with that I'm actively working on to make sure that I'm staying in balance and check with what's truly important to me, especially my relationship while striving for other things. I'm not saying don't strive for other things, don't strive for goals because it might take you out of whack with your foundation. Yeah, that's a challenge that's going to come along the way, but we we need to work through these things in particular just making sure our focus is in the right spots and another downside to this well not necessarily downside but just something to be aware of is that i believe that putting more focus on what we don't have is something that gets programmed into our minds uh even starting at a young age so think about when you were a kid for myself as a kid 
you know, when I wanted a new computer or a new gaming system or a new toy or a new bike or something like that, my focus would get completely fixated on this new object. And I would completely disregard and forget about all the other amazing toys and things I had to play with. You know, it was only my focus would consume me of what I didn't have. I want this. I saw I saw a commercial as this or a little Johnny down the road has this epic bicycle. I want that. And all of a sudden we are trained to forget about what we have, what we have, everything great that we have, all the toys or whatever it may be. You know, and as we evolve through life, it might be the focus on making a sports team and making that competitive team and that consumes our focus and energy. And that's the only thing that cares. And it just gets passed along as we evolve through life, whether it's getting that house, getting the family. And our focus is always on what we don't have. And it takes us away from focusing what is great right here, right now. I've also found some other contributing factors to this focus problem. And as mentioned, as the children example, social comparison is a big one. Comparing ourselves to what other people have in comparison to what we have, the size of house they have, the type of car they have, the type of assets they have, the type of family that they appear that they have. You know, we are always just comparing ourselves and that tends to pull away our focus onto something that might not be intrinsically important to us, fundamentally, foundationally important to us. Um, Another contributing factor is misaligned goals that aren't in line with your foundation, focusing on aspects that aren't important to you. Uh, And marketing, marketing has manipulated the way we think and the way we view things. And it's manipulated our thinking our whole life that our life will be so much better if we have this product, if we have X, if we have Y, if we have Z. You know, how many advertisements are we shown every day whether it's through social media through tv whatever it is that are just that's just pulling at our attention and focus putting our focus on something new something new something we didn't even know we needed but now we need you know it's just this fast paced moving environment that is pulling at our focus and it's our responsibility and duty to delegate our focus in the proper categories that are going to help us thrive as individuals, not what we think we're supposed to have or comparing ourselves to somebody else. And another major contributing factor to our focus is negativity bias, which I will unpack and elaborate on in just a few minutes. So, you know, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Many times in life, we need to have that push and have the ability to fully focus and zoom in on something. That is a key ingredient to manifestation, to making something happen that we don't currently have, to change our circumstances from here to go to there. That's a necessary ingredient, but it's the balance portion that is the tricky part. That's the hard part of making it all work. You know, people can be amazing at manifestation and creating visions and goals and whatever it may be, but they may be awful at the balance portion of focusing on, hey, we're also living here right now. We also need to enjoy right now. It's the balance part that doesn't get taught, that doesn't get highlighted, but we want to achieve a holistic balance with our focus. And we're also taught in this in coach training to ensure our client's focus is aligned 
to their goals, as well as to what is deeply important to them, aka their foundation. Now, I'll mention some tips to help to help our focus in just a bit. But doing some research for this podcast and also checking in with myself and giving myself that time to reflect, I realized that there was one large contributing factor that tends to really help me focus on what I, what I have um, rather than what I don't, to focus on all the good. And that factor is gratitude. Now, High achievers and high performers need to be able to toggle between envisioning and manifesting their dreams and desires, as well as being grateful for what they currently have. And now, before you roll your eyes and say, oh boy, just be grateful or just practice gratitude, that's the solution, as we've heard probably a thousand times from all these memes and all everyone's Instagram posts, be grateful, gratitude, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll also be the first to admit that I've rolled my eyes at this concept many times. I also thought it was BS. But the funny thing is, every time I thought it was BS was when I wasn't actively practicing gratitude. Because I said, that's just too easy or too fluffy of a concept. You know, that there's no way that that works. So although that this concept does sound a bit fluffy, um, there's actually many amazing benefits that science has proven to be true over the last few years. And science is kind of that bridge that helps us bridge the fluff to, okay, this is something that's tangible. Show me some data. Show me, show me some examples, you know, and then it makes it a bit more real. And someone to back this also, not just me saying this stuff, but Jack Canfield, who's an author, who's the author of the book, Success Principles, who is just an extraordinary individual. He's also the co-author of the the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. He states that gratitude is the single most important ingredient to living a successful and fulfilled life. Now, that is an absolute statement, especially coming from an individual such as Jack Canfield. You know, that is a massive statement. And clearly, there's some reason behind that. And clearly, he's a man who's had success in a holistic, holistic range of everything, not just finances, not just business, but family relationships, personal development, life fulfillment, like, you know, you name it, that guy is living and embodying it. So for him to say a statement like that is extremely powerful. And even just to simplify this as an easy example, just think about a time in your life that you were not grateful for something or you were just living your day to day and you weren't grateful for the life you had and you found yourself complaining and uh, you know just living in a place of not being grateful for things. You probably did not feel good, but on the flip side, when you were grateful, where you were thankful for something, you probably felt good. It's as simple as that. Feeling good, feeling bad. Gratitude, good. (laughs) Not gratitude equals bad. You know, it's easy to lose track of important aspects of our life when we're not grateful for them, such as a relationship, you know, such as what happened to me when I, when my focus gets pulled away at all these other things. Yeah, they're important. Yeah, they're goals. Yeah, they're, they're important to the meaning of our life and fulfillment. Yeah, I would be upset if I couldn't strive and reach for those things. But I, at the same time, I can't completely forget about the focusing on what I am grateful for, the things that I do have. 
And research shows that gratitude can be seen as life orientation or what I like to call a worldview or perception where feelings of gratitude stem from noticing and appreciating the positive things in life. So when we hear about gratitude, we might not be thinking of all its categories. You know, we just say, oh, be grateful. Okay, I'm thankful for this. I'm grateful for this, you know, X, Y, and Z. And we just checking it off the list. But what actually categorizes gratitude? So here's a little breakdown. So gratitude, the number one thing is we're talking about all in the earlier section of this podcast is a focus on what you do have, what you do have, not what you don't have. (laughs) Appreciation of other people. Feelings of awe when encountering beauty, an appreciation for being alive. And a funny story to this is when I was a kid, it's funny how the gratitude I had without being aware of it. I remember for some reason, filling up a bathtub would trigger this thought. When I was a really young kid and I had baths, I'd be filling up the water, just sitting there waiting for the tub to fill. And I'd I'd be thinking, wow, you know, how, how far out is this? You know, I'm alive. I am alive. Like how crazy, how weird. That's pretty cool. And I would just sit with this thought. And for some reason, filling up the bathtub would always trigger this thought every single time I'd have a bath. And it was the weirdest thing. But, you know, it's just taking appreciation for being alive that we get to experience this. You know, what if we weren't able to experience life? What a bummer. So let's have that appreciation for life. That ties it directly to gratitude. Uh, A focus on the positive in the present moment, not necessarily reflecting on what was positive in our life, but being there, being here now and being like, oh, cool. How amazing is this? I'm so grateful. I'm experiencing this. Oh, look at that beautiful mountain. Look at this beautiful forest. Being there, focusing on the positive in the present moment, not being somewhere else, not being in the future and not being in the past. Um, Also, gratitude is having positive social comparisons. So we talked about um, negative social comparisons, comparing ourselves of our lack of what we don't have in regards to others. But gratitude can be comparing yourself to how grateful you are of the things that you have, such as me living in Canada, this beautiful, amazing, safe country. You know, that could, or you could flip it the other way and not have gratitude and say, oh my God, half the year is bitterly cold. It sucks living here. You know, but having that positive social comparison. And all of these categories are focusing on what you have now, not what you are trying to obtain. Uh, I also have a couple key points to keep in mind in regards to gratitude, just as I was doing some research that I thought would be important to bring up. So it's important to know that a grateful person may not be feeling grateful in any particular moment but overall, they are more likely to experience gratitude. So that doesn't mean that they're always grateful, that they need to be at this moment or that moment. And that's what defines somebody as a grateful person. But it's just that they're more likely to experience it more frequently, having those moments. Life is about moments, the compilation of beautiful moments and how you view your moments. If you view your moments as a negative thing, as we'll get to talking about negativity bias next, your life, the way you view life is going to be completely completely different than whether you're having gratitude and enjoy each moment. We can be living the same circumstances and same external experiences as somebody else and have a completely different experience of life. 
And that's based on the way we perceive it and the way we frame it. And when we can frame it and experience it with the perception lens of gratitude, our life is just a hell of a lot better. It's as simple as that. And science has proven this over and over and over again with with many experiments. And they've really focused on gratitude over the last, you know, five to 10 years because of the results that they're producing and seeing. And they're actually saying, wow, there's actually something here. There's not just fluff. This isn't this just a thought concept to have and ooh, wave your magic wand and your life is a lot better. It's not like that. There's some actual hard base proof scientific research that's also proving this along with the people who were fluffily saying this. Um, another key point is science and research have told us that some people have more grateful dispositions than others. So this is important to know that for some of us, gratitude simply doesn't come easy. And that doesn't make you wrong. That doesn't make you a bad person. That just means that it comes easier to some people. And that's why self-awareness is so important to be aware if it does come easy to you, but more in particular, if it doesn't come easy to you, because then you can have the awareness that you're going to need to put more effort, more attention, more focus on this aspect. And this could be for many reasons, such as we have different brains, we have different past experiences, we have different genes, different personalities, all formulated from our unique life experiences and upbringings. So yeah, just have the awareness on that. Another key point is that practicing gratitude will not show immediate results. Um, And just like anything in life, if we really think about this, (laughs) you never see instant results. You know, if you're, if you're working out for weeks, you might not see any physiological or physical change in your body for weeks, for several weeks after that workout phase, or whether that's changing your diet, you, you might not feel or look a different way for many weeks after. It's the same concept with gratitude, the same principle with gratitude. And science has said it takes roughly 12 weeks of practicing consciously practicing consistent gratitude for there to be uh, a difference, a noticeable difference in your life. So that's a little bit about gratitude and yeah, all that sounds great. And you know, if you still believe it's fluffy or not, you know, that's hopefully, hopefully these points can, can change your mind just a little bit, but basically um, gratitude sounds great, but how, you know, how, why don't we do this every day? If it sounds great, if it's such an amazing thing, why don't we practice gratitude? It sounds so simple. It sounds so easy, but the biggest reason that I've come up with and also doing research on this topic is because of something called negativity bias. As I mentioned before, I touch on it. So negativity bias refers to our productivity to attend to, learn from, and use negative information far more frequently than positive information. Um, it's when it's when we tend to process the world through that negative lens, as we talked about. Negative events shape our perception more often than positive ones. And a simple example of this can be what we have is not enough. Focusing on what we have is not enough versus I'm really happy with what I have. You know, it, it tends to shape our perception. And this is where we are drawn to negativity 
instinctively, we instinctively outsource negative news, comparisons, or gossip simply because that's the way our brains have evolved. We look, we, you know, back in the day, back when our ancestors were roaming the lands, we would look for danger. That was the way we would survive. We would look for all the aspects that were negative to enable our survival, to make sure that we would survive. We look for the dangers. We look for the bad. And our brains didn't evolve past this way of thinking. And we carried that forward to now. And now you compound that with the informational technological day and age that we're in now with all this information thrown at you, all these comparisons, all this marketing, all of a sudden there's so much negativity floating around and that negativity bias is just going to grasp hold of us if we're not conscious, if we're not aware of what is going on here. And there might be a plethora of positive aspects in your life, but for some stubborn reason, all you can focus is on, on is that negative thing. And the reason for this is, yes, negativity bias. So oftentimes this negativity bias will be operating at an unconscious level. And without being aware, we might believe it's something that that is actually helping us. You know, we, we might, this again, is probably all happening at a subconscious level. But being hard on yourself, only looking where you screwed up or beating yourself up for not doing something perfectly, you know, that is a negativity bias. We've been trained to look at what is bad. We're, we're, we're sifting through all the good just to find that one little bad thing. And we're hard on ourselves. But in turn, it's actually giving us results. So it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy that being hard on yourself is actually helping you. So sometimes we might subconsciously think that this negativity bias is actually helping us because it's driving results. But it really, there's so much negative energy behind this because we're only focusing on the negative, you know, and using negative social comparisons to motivate you, looking at what they have, I need something better. So although these things might help you achieve results, it will come with the cost of carrying heavy negative energy, which will be directly correlated to your gratitude levels. So we want to work at minimizing these negative motivating aspects. So I'm hoping that all these things tie in focus, gratitude, and negativity bias, and it's I'm, I'm hoping that you can see how they all tie together. And I want to quickly break down the three topics we discussed today with some helpful tricks and tips. Um, so the first thing we talked about was your life is controlled by what you focus on. So some tips for this is write out everything you want to focus on. Be intentional with the things you want to focus on so you're not aimlessly, subconsciously, unconsciously Focusing on a bunch of random things that are pulling your attention without you being in charge of that. Take charge of your thoughts and write down what you want to focus on in your life. What's important right now? What's congruent to your value system, to your foundation? And then understand why that is so important to you. Why is that aspect important to you? Load that with reasons. Load that with proof and backing as to why you need to be focusing on that. And then implement daily practices to ensure focus is there. Here we want to consciously activate our reticular activating system. That's where our that's our brain filtration system, where it's gonna monitor and only digest the things that you're meant to be focusing on. 
Um, and this could, to help you do this, that could be anything from talking openly about it with someone close to you, what you want to focus on, an accountability partner. This could be a journaling practice where you daily write what you're focusing on, what your goals are, why you want to achieve them, why your focus is here. This can be meditation. This can be visualizations. This can be as simple as scheduling actions that will make you focusing on it, such as writing in your calendar, go for a nature walk so I can think about X, Y, or Z. Listen to some of my favorite music while thinking about this, while focusing on this. Take five minutes to just pull back from everything in life and do that. Everyone has five minutes in their day. I don't care who you are. If you set that reminder, if you schedule it in and take that time to consciously, actively focus on the things that are important in your life every single day, there's no way they slide out of that RAS, that they get deprogrammed out of that reticular activating system because it's a habit. It's a habitual thing. We're focusing on it every single day. And then we need to evaluate and check in as you go. Pivot and try something new if something's not working. If you don't like something or if you don't resonate with it, but also keeping in mind, usually it takes about 12 weeks, you know, for something to work. It takes that time. There's that period of uh, delay, delayed gratification. That's why consistency, dedication, even without seeing results, is so important. And then strategizing, you know, coming up with a with the with a game plan don't just aimlessly hope that things are going to change or that your focus is going to change from one thing to the other you need to strategize you need to have a game plan and then of course be grateful for what we have and that ties into the second thing that we talked about today which was gratitude and that's be able to practice being in the present moment and being grateful for what you do have in life and the two big things that I wish there was like I wish there was more tools for this, but really it boils down to this: is having a gratitude journal. You know, if you do journal, write in three things what you're grateful for every single day, but actually feel what you're grateful for. Don't just write it down to write it down and check it off the box. But like, if you're grateful for the house you live in, oh man, I'm so thankful and grateful that I have this house. Feel the emotions that correlate with that gratitude rather than just writing it or saying it out loud. Or one thing that I do, which I strayed away from, which now that my focus is on it, I'm going to implement this into my ritual again because it did have a drastic impact on my life is I had a morning gratitude ritual. The very first thing I would do is put my feet on the floor, sit up straight in my bed, and reflect on what I'm grateful for and really feel those feelings and emotions. And then again, before bedtime, having that same ritual. Then my focus is on gratitude. I'm starting and ending my day, no matter what, with that gratitude. Or we can set reminders or schedule it in, set ourselves an alarm, especially if you're someone who has difficulty being grateful and that we need those reminders. Remembering it comes easier to some people um, and some it might come a bit easier. And then the third thing we talked about was having awareness on negativity bias. So again, self-awareness is just such a crucial aspect of, of life. And it was just navigating and surviving life and understanding how it works. So have the awareness of how that negativity bias of how we listen to negative information, potentially more than positive, and how that negativity might be shaping our life might be affecting um you focusing on the future rather than here right now what are you grateful for 
And again, between all these three topics, I'm not speaking words from a guru standpoint. You know, I have a lot of work to do in this area as well. And I, but I do believe in what I'm saying. And I know this is the solution for me. And it will be the solution for many of you as well. And we all need help and guidance in our own unique journeys. And for Jess and I, our work is defined by the word balance. We have a huge vision. We have big goals. And I have to admit, it takes a lot of focus to achieve something different than what we currently have. And that focus needs to be on something new. But Jess and I realize that we also need to put that massive focus on here right now. What's good? What's amazing? Live here now and create. And we are not willing to settle for anything less than what we desire. And that includes being grateful for what we have loving the present moment while striving for our dreams. It's certainly not easier than just not caring and not shooting for those things. But, um, you know, we're not willing to settle. And, and I don't think life is about settling. And you shouldn't settle. You shouldn't settle with your relationships, your finances, your, your health, anything. You know, it's all out there for grabs. We just need to get after it and take the action. And a lot of people teach success usually only referencing financial success. So I'll make you rich because that's, you know, that's that comparison trap again for many people. And I wholeheartedly believe there needs to be a holistic approach to success. Not many people teach that uh, or even offer services for that, especially for men. Now, that's why I felt called to step up and provide support for men who want to achieve all of it, not just financial success, but holistic success. You know, that can involve, you know, creating your future, living in the now, being healthy, being fit, all categories of life. Coaching is a practice that helps people put their focus on the necessary areas to achieve this. And if this is something that resonates with you, if my podcasts have resonated with you, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to scale up, if you want to level up, if you're ready to experience more in life and get after your goals, your dreams, your desires, and live in the present moment and love the life you live, then this can be an amazing fit. I'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to you. Check out my resources. Uh, my website is joelmahe.ca. Instagram, I'm at joelmahe. Or just... Or, or simply continue to listen to these episodes to gather as much information as you need to make those necessary changes in your life. So now having a deeper understanding as to why we tend to focus on what we don't have, we are equipped to take the necessary action to focus on what is truly important to us. Practice gratitude and don't let our negativity bias control our thoughts and decisions. And in doing this, you will surrender your average life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have an amazing day. Take care.